0: Praise God and welcome to East Corner. East Corner is a show of enlightenment, empowerment, and encouragement. And I do thank God that you are with me on today. I am Prophetess Amina Campbell and I am your host. Today's topic is Can God Trust You? Can God Trust You? And we're going to be speaking from Matthew, the 25th chapter. those who have their Bibles. Again, that's Matthew, the 25th chapter. While you are turning over or grabbing uh, your devices so that you can turn to the Scripture, I'd like to say thank you. Today's show is sponsored by my pastor, Frederick Stewart, Elder Frederick Stewart of the Wordful Gospel Baptist Church. It's very nice when people sow into your ministry, so I want to be sure that I say thank you and express my gratitude. Again, we're going to Matthew, the 25th chapter, and before we do that, we want to bow for a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you now, God, for your many blessings. We say thank you, God, for all that you've done and all that you are going to do in us. God, we say thank you for this day. Thank you for this very hour. God, thank you for sending your word. We thank you, God, that you are our healer. We thank you, God, that you are our deliverer. We thank you, God, for being our provider. We thank you, God, that you are peace in the midst of the storm. We thank you, God, that you are a bridge over troubled waters. We thank you, God, for being our friend when we're lonely. We thank you, God, for feeding us when we're hungry. We thank you, God, for everything that you've already blessed us with, for everything that you've already equipped us with. God, we just want to say thank you. We just want to show our gratitude, God, because we know that everything that you've done for us, you didn't have to do We thank you, God, because there are some things that could have happened to us, Lord, and you didn't allow it to happen. We thank you, God, because some of us could have had some sicknesses and some diseases that you kept from us. God, we just say thank you because you have been a mighty good God. Lord, we say thank you because we didn't even deserve it, but your grace and your mercy was efficient for us and sufficient for us. We say thank you, God, even for this so on today that you would encourage our hearts, that you would lift up, bow down heads, God, that you would meet every need in the name of Jesus. We pray, God, that you would shower us with more wisdom and knowledge and understanding of your word and your will and your way. We ask you now, God, to bless everyone that is connected to this ministry. We thank you now, God for uplifting and encouraging everyone who is connected to this ministry. We say now, God, that you are in our midst on today, and we pray and say, God, we want you to have your way in us. We declare and we decree that on this day that you have made, we will rejoice and we will be glad in it. So we speak in the midst of our storms. And for those of us, God, who are in our good season, we say thank you, God, because we know, God, that seasons change. We know, God, that it could have been another way. We say thank you, God, for all that you are doing in us and through us. Have your way in this show on today. Have your way in us individually. And, God, have your way in us collectively as your people. As we go forth in your word, we glorify you, God, and we praise you now for all that you have done. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. So again, today's show is Can God Trust You? And we are live on this Saturday. February 10th of 2018. It's a beautiful day outside, although I will tell you in Jackson it's kind of rainy, but it's beautiful just because we are living and we are alive to see it. So if you want to call in to comment, that number is 888-627-6008. Again, that number is 888-627-6008. I want to hear your comments. I want to hear from you. It's been a while since I've had the opportunity to speak to some of my audience. So I would love to hear from you and hear your testimony. I'd love to hear about how God is blessing you. I'd love to hear about how this show has been a benefit to you. I'd love to hear you talk about the goodness of God. Again, that number is 888-627-6008. Now we're going to get down to the scripture for today. That's Matthew, the 25th chapter. And we're going to begin at verse number 14, and it's a little bit lengthy, amen, but it's beneficial, amen, for us to to read and have an understanding of the Word of God. So again, Matthew 25, we're going to read verses 14 down through 30. I am reading from the King James Bible, and the Bible reads, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country, who called his own servant and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one he gave one. To every man, according to his several abilities, and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought over five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. The 22nd verse reads, He also that had received two talents said unto the Lord, Thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Verse 24 reads, Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strong. And I was afraid, and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast, that is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sow not and gather where I have not sowed. Thou ought therefore to have put my money to the exchangers. And then at my coming, I should have received mine own with usury. Or in other words, an interest. Verse 28 says, Take therefore the talent. From him, and give it to him which has ten talents. For unto everyone that has shall be given, and he shall have abundance from him that has not shall be taken away, even that which he has. And the last verse, the 30th verse reads And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Amen. I know that it's a little bit lengthy on today. Amen. But it's necessary for us, again, to be able to read the scripture and to get an understanding. Amen. So, again, the topic is, can God trust you? Can God trust you? Can he trust you with more? Can God trust you with some things? Can God trust you with more money? Can God trust you with a bigger house? Would you know what to do with it? If you get a new boot, will you still come to church? Can God trust you with a boot? Can God trust you with a new babe? If God gives you more authority, will you abuse it? If you get a new job, are you still going to pay your tithes? Can he trust you to even go to work on time? Can he trust you to go to lunch and come back on time, even if no one is watching you? Can God trust you to do the things that you're supposed to do? If he gives you what you want, if he gives you the new car, are you going to spend your time washing the car on Sunday and not come to church? Are you going to spend your time riding around town, throwing off the car, and not giving God glory and coming to church? Have you already obeyed God with what you do have? I want to invoke some thought on today. Can God trust you? Did you give God what you owed him, or did you skim back? in the offering because you felt like, well, my pastor already drives a Cadillac and I'm not going to keep giving him my money. You're not giving money to your pastor. Can God trust you, even with finances? Have you shown God gratitude for what you have? Have you placed the gift that he's given you on a shelf? Many of us have gifts and talents, just like the servants in the scripture. Can he trust you with the gift? Will you use it for his glory? Are you using your gift at all? Is your gift just on the shelf collecting dust? Can God trust you? Have you been faithful regarding the few things that he's given you so that he can put you in charge of more? Why would God put you in charge if you're not going to do what you're supposed to do with it? Can God trust you with more? Are you ready for more? Because many of us say that we want more. Many of us say, man, if I had this, then I would do that. There's always a stipulation. But the real question is, can God trust you to be in a relationship and still be faithful to him? In the parable of the talents, in the NIV version, the Bible says that the master gave the servant bags of gold, and we know that gold is valuable. So going back and thinking through, the master gave according to what each of them could handle. He gave based on their own knowledge and ability not based on how much he had because he had plenty but he wanted to ensure that he could trust them with what he gave them see it's according to your ability because your ability and my ability may be different you might not be able to handle what i can handle well the bible says he gave them according to their own ability and now both the servants who got The five bags and the two bags went out, and they doubled their money. But the interesting thing is the one who didn't have as many. He didn't even have much, but the Bible says that he was afraid. He didn't have much, but he didn't even do anything with that. Instead, he made excuses, like he was going to outthink the master. Well, you know, I know... Master, you're you're a man who, you know, knows how to go out and get things and you have favor. You've been blessed. You you always make a profit, Master, so I didn't want to lose your money. What? Since you know all of this, why didn't you do something with it? And right away the master called him wicked and lazy. See, he served a master. was profitable. He served a master who had plenty. He served a master who always gained in his business matters. So why can't you do what you've seen your master do? Why can't you put your talent to work? Since you know so much about your master, why didn't you use your ability? Why didn't you go out and gain some interest? Even if he had put it in the bank as his master told him, you would have at least gained some interest. You wouldn't have just showed up with this same old dirty one bag that you done stuck in the ground and hid somewhere. And so therefore, because he did not use what he had wisely, the master took it back. And he gave it to somebody who was going to do something with it. Why is that? Why would he take it back? You have to know that your talents and your gifts are valuable. You can't just leave your talents somewhere in the ground, somewhere hidden, somewhere on a shelf. So since it's valuable, it needs to be used for the purpose in which the master gave it. So for whoever has, according to verse 29, more will be given to you. Why? Because God sees that he can trust you with it. So therefore, you'll have an abundance. Because if you take care of what he gave you, he'll give you more. And whoever doesn't have, and you don't want to do anything, then he'll just take that back. Now, to somebody, that might seem cool. Well, the fact is, if you're not going to use it, if you're not going to use what you have, if you're not going to do anything with it, what's the sense of wasting the talent on you? What's the sense of continuing to give you something and you're not going to do anything with it? Why do you need it if you're not going to do anything with it? Verse 30 says that that kind of servant is worthless and will be an outcast and they're going to suffer in the long term for it. Because God gave you dominion and he gave you the talent. He gave you the goal. He gave you a gift. But can he trust you with it? People of God, don't you know that God, being a good master, has given us all talents? And many of us don't use them. Some of us are just like that servant who was lazy and who was scared. Some of us just sit by and are idle. And do absolutely nothing. Nothing in the church. Nothing in the community. Nothing with our gifts. We go to work, punch in, punch out. That's all we do, and come back home. We're not doing anything. Yet, and still, you watching the other sister across the way at the church. We'll just call her Sister Suchi Much. So Sister Much Suchi Much gets to do everything. Sister Much Suchi Much is actively involved and actively engaged. She's involved in the church. She's involved in the community. She's engaged on the job. She's involved with her family. And you're trying to figure out why she just keeps getting blessed. She's always up doing something. She's always out somewhere. She's always involved. Guess what? God keeps blessing her with more because she uses what she has. And God knows that he can trust her. Not to let those abilities and gifts and talents go to waste. When God can trust you to be faithful over a few things, to be a good steward over what you have, when he can trust you to gain some interest on a small investment, then he will continue to give you more. The Bible says that he gives feed to the sower. So if you're not a person that's sowing, if you're not a person who's doing anything, If you're not a person who's engaged and involved and giving and doing and blessing other people, why should the good master keep giving you anything? The third servant was stifled. He was stifled with fear and he was stifled with laziness. Fear, we often say, is false evidence appearing real. In Second Timothy 1 and 7, we read, though, that that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us power, he's given us love, and he's given us a sound mind. But your adversary, the devil, wants you to be afraid. He wants you to be spiteful. He wants you to sit back and not do anything. He wants you to sit back and watch the other folks at church and the other folks at work who are moving forward and progressing and involved and engaged. And talk about them and make excuses. Let's be honest. That's what some folks do. You sit back and watch the people who are actually doing something, and you make excuses. Well, why can't you try? Why are you afraid? You were scared, so you hid your gifts. You were scared, so you hid your talent or you hid your ability. You may have an ability to sing. You may have an ability to play an instrument, but you've hid your ability. You may be a choreographer. You may be a dancer, but you're hiding your ability. You may be someone who has leadership and managerial skills, but you're hiding your ability. The enemy wants you to be scared. The enemy wants you to be lazy. He wants you to sit back and do absolutely nothing. Can God trust you to use your gifts for the purpose in which he gave them to you? There are a lot of people who want to be in a relationship. But then as soon as you get in one, you quit coming to church. Do you even know what to do with a mate? Do you know the purpose for having a mate? A lot of folks want to get married. But do you know that a wife is to be a helpmeet? Just being cute is not enough. Do you know that a husband is required to love his wife like Christ loves the church? You're supposed to cover and protect her. And for those who are already married, do you know what to do with that gift that God has gave you? Having a mate is having a gift. The Bible says a man who finds a wife finds a good thing, and he obtains favor from the Lord. Do you know what to do with that favor that God has given you? Or do you just sit back and watch and wait and go to work and come home and eat dinner and have gotten into a routine? Can God trust you with marriage? For those that God has given a little bit of money or a new job as a resource, can God trust you? Or are you on your new job clowning and taking long breaks? Are you on your new job sitting in the break room talking about everybody that comes in? Are you on your new job talking crazy to your supervisor, talking about what you ain't going to do and what they can't tell you and telling them how old you are? I'm 40 years old. Ain't nobody finna tell me what time to come back from lunch. I'm 50 years old. Ain't nobody gonna tell me how to talk to a customer. Can God trust you? Or are you a supervisor who's talking crazy to everybody just because you have a title? Are you a supervisor? who is not a good representation of the kingdom of God. And that's actually why he put you there, to show them what godly leadership looks like. Can God trust you with the the authority that you have? Can God trust you that when you get paid, you're still going to pay your tithes? And if your pastor says we need to raise an extra hundred dollars, are you mumbling under your breath? Can God trust you with money? Now, the Bible tells us what to do in Malachi, the third chapter. If you go to the book of Malachi, at the end of the Old Testament, the third chapter, we're going to look at verses 8 through 12. And I'll just paraphrase. The Bible says, Will a man rob God? Yet you've robbed me, but you stay weary in half We rob thee in tithes and offerings. If you don't give of your tithes and offerings, the Bible says in verse 9, that you're cursed with the curse, for you've robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Therefore, we want to have meat in God's house. And improve me now. That means I'll show you if you just do what I told you to do. I'll show you how I'm going to bless you. I'm going to open up windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you won't even have room enough to receive it. And not only will he give to you, but then he's going to rebuke the devourer from the rest of your money, from that other 90%. You give your 10. And then God will keep the enemy off your other 90% because you've done what you're supposed to do. So he's not going to let him mess with your finances if you just do what he asked you to do. He won't allow him to destroy the fruit of your ground. Neither will your vine cast her fruit before the time. Nothing will be wasted. And then everybody will realize that you're blessed. Can God trust you to do that? He will walk the blessing part. And we want to be able to profit with the other 90%. But some of us don't want to give the tenth because we think we're giving it to a man. We think that we're giving it to that, to that church body. No, you're giving it back to God because it was him who gave it to you in the first place. And if it wasn't for God, you wouldn't even have that job. If it wasn't for God, where would we be? So why can't we give back to him What he's already blessed us with. Can God trust you with money? A lot of us want to have more money, but we don't do right with what we do have. A lot of us want to have more money, but we're spending our money on frivolous things. Some folks are somewhere right now saying, Lord, I still need some more money. But every Saturday night, you somewhere making it rain. Some of us say, God, I, I need more money. But we go out on a boat to that one arm bandit, and we don't have a problem putting it there. Some of us say, God, I need more money, but you're spending your money on everything else except what God told you to do with it. What do you do with your money when you get it? Do you hide it? when the offering plate comes back? Are you hiding it like the man with the one talent, putting it in the ground somewhere and pretending you don't have it? Like that wicked servant? Or are you sowing into the kingdom of God so that you can get a return? Are you robbing God? Can God trust you Can God trust you like he did with Job when Satan came? He claimed that Job was only serving God because God had already blessed him so much. He claimed that if God were to take everything from Job, he would quit serving. The only reason Job is doing so good right now because you gave him all that stuff. He has land and he has wealth. He's got a wife and kids. If you take all that stuff from him, he ain't going to serve you. But God knew that he could trust that if Job lost all those things, he wouldn't stop serving him. And it wasn't because God was trusting in Job's ability it was because God trusted in who He had already created Job to be. God was trusting in what He had already investing in Job, invested in Job. When Satan comes along and tells the Lord, "The only reason she's serving Him, the only reason He's serving you." The only reason they're at church now is because you gave them a few little things. The only reason they come on Sunday is because they have dinner after. If it ain't no dinner, they ain't coming to church. If they ain't getting nothing in their hands, they ain't going to get nobody no ride. If you ain't giving them nothing, they going to quit preaching. You give them the offering, they gon' going to stop. Can God trust you to still do what it is that he's called you to do? Even if nobody puts anything in your hand, even if nobody has a chicken dinner after church, can God trust you? Can he trust you when he tells you to do something? Or will you try to run off like Jonah. Well, we know how that turned out. Jonah tried to run. Jonah tried to hide. Jonah refused to go down and talk to God's people. He didn't want to go and give them any message, especially when it's a hard message. A whole lot of preachers are like, mm-mm, I ain't doing it, mm-mm, I can't do it people who know that God has called them to preach or to teach or to minister in some way. A lot of times because we think it's hard or difficult. Or maybe it's because you're embarrassed about some things you've done in your past and you think that you're not worthy. But for whatever reason, just like Jonah, are you going to run off and hide or try to hide? You can't hide from God. Do you really want God to take away your gifts and your talent Because you don't want to be obedient? Because see, Jonah didn't get away, and you can't either. He still had to do what it is that God said for him to do. Can you be trusted? Can God trust you? that he'll get the glory out of your life? Or will you be trying to take God's glory and all of a sudden it's all about you? Will you try to take God's glory and all of a sudden you think you did something big because folks pat you on your back? There was a man who was born blind that Jesus healed. Now the people around him Even the disciples were trying to be nosy to find out, well, okay, now, if he was born blind from his mother's womb, who sinned? Somebody must have sinned for him to be blind. They were trying to find out if he sinned or if the parents sinned or, you know, now how can a baby sin? If you really think about the question that they asked, it didn't make a lot of sense. How did the baby sin? And according to John, the ninth chapter, Jesus' reply was, neither this man or his parents seen it. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. He said, as long as it's day, we must do the works of him who sent us. Night is coming when nobody can work. Can the works of God be displayed in your circumstances? Can God still get the glory when you're going through? Or do you cut up and act up and nobody even knows that you're saved because you're dealing with a situation? Can God trust you? Or do you get mad at God and you quit praying and you quit studying? You don't want to read his words. You quit loving. You quit coming to church. You've quit participating in life. You've quit participating in family functions. You quit going out to give to your community for those who are less fortunate. All because you're dealing with your own issues. Girl, I got my own stuff going on. I, I can't be spending my time going down there to the church. You you quit on God. Can God trust you? that even in the midst of your storm, you're still going to trust him. You're still going to obey him. You're still going to do the things that he asked you to do. See, you're trying to handle your own issues, and he never asked you to do that. All he told us to do was to cast our cares unto him, because he cares for us. He never told us to bear our own burden. He said that we could help each other and bear one another. But God didn't tell you to try to resolve your issues by yourself. you forgot that he told you he would never leave you nor forsake you. He didn't ask you to try to figure it out. He didn't ask you to sit and rack your brain trying to come up with a plan. He said to let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So once we put on the mind of Christ, God will show us what to do. He'll show us how to walk it out. He'll show us how to carry it out. But can he get the glory out of your life? If you get mad at him every time you go through something, can he get the glory out of your life? When you want to quit and you don't want to be bothered just because you're dealing with a situation. When things around you go well, oh, you're happy, you're smiling. When things around you don't, we're looking at you trying to actually pick your face up off the floor. Can God trust you to be consistent and to be a representation of a child of God? Because right now your brand ain't good if you're walking around looking sad and moping and groaning and complaining and fussing and cussing like everybody else but you say you're a child of God, can he trust you to be a representation? Can God trust you to smile even when you're going through? You just let God deal with the situation, but you continue to live faithfully, doing what he told you to do, how he told you to do, where he told you to do, When he told you to do, use your gifts. Use your talents. Don't waste your bag of gold like the wicked servant did in Matthew 25. There's value in your talent. We need you. The rest of the body needs you. We are all many members, but we are still one body. Do you sit back because God has blessed you with a job? and decided that you don't have time to go to church. It's not convenient for you to go to church. Don't you know that that's why he gave you those talents, so that you could use them to build up his kingdom? But you're sitting down on your talents. You're sitting down on your gifts. You're sitting down on what it is that God gave you to do. And using the blessing that he gave you as an excuse. He didn't bless you for you to do nothing. He didn't bless you for you to sit back. Can you be trusted? Now, who are these three servants who are found in the parable in Matthew 25? Those servants represent you and I. Know that God has entrusted much responsibility in his servants, even from the beginning of time with Adam and Eve. God told them to go forth and to be fruitful and to multiply and replenish the earth. He didn't put them out there to just do nothing. From the beginning of time, God meant for us to use what we do have. Everybody doesn't have the same gifts. I get that. Everybody doesn't have the same kind of talent or as many. I get that. But whatever you have, it should be used to manage God's earthly kingdom. We're to manage the earthly affairs of our master, just like those servants were to manage their master's money while he was away. That's what God intended for us to do. That's why he entrusts us with things. That's why he trusts us with talents. Can he trust you? Now remember, you can call me at 888-627-6008 if you'd like to give your comments. That's 888-627-6008. I want to hear from you. I want to talk about the goodness of God. I want to talk to you about how God has blessed you with gifts and talents and some of the things that you're doing in the kingdom. Talk to me about your talents. God has entrusted much to us. David, in Psalm number 8, I believe it's uh, verses 3 through 6, but really the whole psalm, talked about how much God has placed in our hands. He talked about all that God has entrusted us with. David said that God has made us a little lower than the angels, and he's crowned us with glory and honor. He talked about how God has given us dominion over the works of his hands. What are the works of his hands? The things that are in the earth. We read in the book of Genesis how God created the heaven and earth. So it's the earth and everything in it, the stars, the moon, the grass, the water that he used to divide parts of the earth. God gave us dominion over all of that, and then he put everything under your feet. Can God trust you with the dominion that he gave you in the earth? If you understand that everything you have was given to you by the master, whether it's your spouse or your children, your job, all of your property, your home, everything that you have. Everything that we call ours, it really belongs to God. It's really his. Even our bodies. According to First Corinthians, the sixth chapter. verses 19 through 20, tell us that our bodies even belong to God. Our bodies are the temple of God. You don't belong to yourself. So can God trust you even with your own body? Will you do with your body what he's commanded you to do? Think about the types of things that you do with your body that are not what he's told us to do. Do you eat right? Do you exercise? Do you take care of the temple that he's provided you with? Are you doing things that will help you to live long in the earth? Can God trust you even with your own body? There are people that do things to their body to hurt themselves for whatever reason, because of emotional issues, because of spiritual issues. Can you be trusted with your own body? What types of things are you putting into your body? Can you be trusted? God has trusted us with things. He's trusted us with talents. He's trusted us with gifts. He's trusted many of us with ministries. What are you doing with your ministry? Is this just a gig, something to make money? Or are you truly committed to the work of God, to the word of God? Are you truly committed to the people of God? Or do you just utilize the title ministry as a tax write off? Can God trust you even with your ministry? Do you use the word ministry to build your resume? Do you use the word ministry when you're among a certain group of people where everybody has titles and a whole bunch of alphabets behind their name? Do you use the term ministry when it's convenient for you, when you're around the church folks and the people on your job don't know nothing about a ministry? Not that you should be soliciting at work, but there should be some things about you that express your involvement in the community. There should be things about you that show the character traits of God, of the people of God, which should be love. Everything that you do and say should express love. Is that the case? Can God trust you with ministry? Or do you utilize the title to just tell somebody else what to do? Can you be trusted? Do we do what God has told us to do with all of these many gifts and talents? Or are they just words? If he tells us to give somebody $20 and just be a blessing, Are you sitting back saying, now, Lord, you know, I was going to put 10 in the tank. I I don't know about all that. Can he trust you to just do what he said to do? If God says go over to the single sister's house that has those children and take her a bag of groceries. Now, you got plenty of food, a freezer full of food. You don't even eat at home half the time. Do you stop and question God and say, now, why I need to take her food? She ought to have some food. She got all those kids. Well, she have them, plus she can't feed them. You got a whole lot to say. But don't you know that when you don't use your talents, your gifts, when you don't use the things that God gave you, don't you know he'll take them away? That's what the scripture says. I didn't make it up. Look at it. He took back the talent from the one who did nothing with it. He gave it to you in the first place. The master took back the gift that he had given to the lazy servant, to the wicked servant. Because he didn't have sense enough to at least use it. Don't you know that God blessed you with money so that you could be a blessing to others? Don't you know that God blessed you with a car so that you could do kingdom work? Some of us are mad at some, some big-name ministers right now because they have a plane. Well, what do you need a plane for? Why do you need one? You're not going from state to state ministering. Why are you mad about their plane? If they need a plane to get from state to state to minister according to what God has blessed them with, what are you mad about? God blesses us according to what we can each handle. See, I don't need a plane right now because I can't fly one. As Campbell Ministries grows and God is doing other things in me, I may. So you can't be mad at somebody else because they have a plane right now and you don't. He gives to us according to our ability, according to what we can manage, according to what we can handle. So you might... Be all right with a car. Somebody else might need a van because they got to pick up six people on their way to church. Stop trying to figure out why somebody else's gifts and talents are different from yours. As long as you're both using what God gave you in his kingdom, he'll continue to bless you. And what I need is not what you need. What you need may not be what I need. The point is that we use what God gave us to build up the kingdom. God has trusted many of us, even with time. Do you use your time to invest in the kingdom of God? Are you building up the kingdom of God? What are you doing with your talents? When he returns, will he be proud of what you've done? Or will he call you over and say to you that you've been wicked and lazy because you never even tried? Will he be upset with you because you hid your talent and didn't utilize it in the kingdom of God? We don't all have equal responsibility but we all do have responsibility. And God makes us managers according to our managerial ability. So don't be mad because you're not in leadership. That's not where you are right now. But he has made us managers in his kingdom. He has given us dominion and authority in this earth realm. Know that the master is not only wealthy, but he's wise. So he's not going to give me something I can't handle. And he's not going to give you something that you can't handle. But know that if he told you to do something, he will equip you with everything that you need. But he just has to know that he can trust you to do with the blessing what it is that he told you to do. He's not going to give you more than you can handle. But what's important is that whatever he gives you, you give it back to his kingdom. Make the most of what you've been given. Use your talent for the glory of God. Use your talent to build up the kingdom of God. Can God trust you? I want him to come back and see the things that I've done and say, well done good and faithful servant. I want him to come back and see the things that I've done and know that I did my best with everything that he blessed me with. I want him to come back and say to me, you worked with this authority that I gave you in the earth to build up the works of my hands. Mighty are the works of his hands, but he needs us in the earth realm actually carry out the work. He needs us in the earth realm to take action because faith without works is dead. We say that we have the faith. We say that we love God. We say that we belong to him. Are we doing what it is that he's called us to do? Are you utilizing your talents and your gifts? Don't hide them. In the church, there is still room for you. In the body of Christ, there is still room for you. I know that you might have come to church and said, well, they already got a choir director. Well, they already got somebody playing the piano. They already got deacons. They already got ushers." Whatever it is that God told you to do, don't worry about what those other folks are doing. You just get on board. You just use your gift. You use your talent. Do what it is that he said for you to do. It's worth it. Because I want to hear him say, well done. I want God to be proud of me. I don't want him to look at me and call me wicked or lazy. Lazy? No. The Bible says that we should constantly be like the ant. Constantly working and constantly moving. Because there is work to do. There is work to do in the kingdom of God. And like I said, we need you. Those of us who are already in the body, we need you. The hand can't do what the feet can do. The arms can't do what the legs can do. But each of us have a role. Each of us have a responsibility. Each of us have work to do. Don't run and hide. Don't be afraid. Just trust God. The master gave you those gifts. Now it's your responsibility to use them for his glory. This has been Eve's Corner. Thank you so much for joining. Again, I am Prophetess Amina Campbell, and I pray that you have been blessed, empowered, and encouraged by the word of God on today. I pray that you would hold your heads up high and be excited about the things of God as you walk purposefully and intentionally into what it is that God has for you. God has big plans for you. God has much work for you. So I pray that you've been empowered even the more on today through his word to go out and do just what he's called you to do. If you'd like to donate, Campbell Ministries, simply go to my website, campbellministries.com, and I'm asking that you will partner with me. As I always say, the gospel may be free, but ministry costs. And I'm asking that you will commit to sowing into this ministry on a monthly basis. You can pray and ask the Lord for the amount. I am not asking for any specific amount. But whatever it is, I am praying that you sow into this good ground. As a partner of this ministry, I am committed to intercede for you and to keep you lifted up before the Lord. Campbell Ministries is doing some great things in the community. Not only am I available to minister and officiate services, but we also provide job readiness and job relevance training, as well as business etiquette training for your churches, for your organizations, and for the community at large. We also minister to young ladies and their families through the Big Sister's Closet Ministry. That's your Big Sister's Closet. This is the time of year that we do collect donations for your Big Sister's Closet, as it is organized to provide prom attire to young ladies who are seniors in high school and otherwise would not be able to afford to attend their senior prom. So if you have gently used formal gowns, formal dresses, any formal wear, cocktail dresses, any of that, in all sizes, please donate them to Campbell Ministries so that we can be a blessing to young ladies who would like to attend their prom. We need all sizes because we have young ladies of all shapes and sizes who may be in need. Then we also have a book club. You can see some details about the book club on our Facebook page called Women's Empowerment Book Club. We do need more members. We always need recommendations on books. So please do stop by our Facebook page and check that out as well. Our goal is simply to be a blessing to the people of God and encourage you to keep pressing in the Word of God. And then lastly, if you are in the Jackson, Mississippi area, we ask you to stop by the Word Full Gospel Baptist Church our singles ministry conference is going on this weekend. Otherwise, we're still there, and we just want to love on you and teach you about the Word of God. So that's located at 3023 Percy V Simpson Drive. Again, we're located at 3023 Percy B. Simpson Drive in Jackson, Mississippi, where our pastor is Elder Frederick Stewart. Thank you so much for joining me on today. God bless you, and God keep you is my prayer. Be blessed. Oh.